You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Thanks for joining us here today as we've got another exciting show for you. This is a daily Duke Athletics podcast, the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. I am your host, J.J. Jackson. On today's program, Brendan Marks of The Athletic, he's back with us. Today, we're going to focus on the John Shire perspective, being named the newest headman's basketball coach of the Duke Blue Devils. We discuss all of that in great detail on today's program. If you haven't already, give the show a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. We will be discussing everything in the Duke Athletics world on this podcast throughout the summer, and you can send us any topic suggestions or ideas to us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And coming up on Monday, another installment of Mailbag Monday, where I answer any questions that you've got. Send me a DM, send me a tweet at LO underscore Blue Devils, or send Send an email, LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. While you're at it, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. I love connecting with Duke basketball fans all across the world. Before we get dialed into today's program, let me tell you about some of our good sponsors here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. First and foremost, I want to let you know about our friends over at Rock Auto. Let me tell you, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. This rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Our show today also brought to you by Lucy. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum. This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, and it's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy Gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you could spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked On College Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. I gotta give you this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. It's the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson and I am so thrilled to be reunited once again with our friend Brendan Marks of The Athletic. Another day of the week and another conversation about Duke basketball with The Athletic's very own. Brendan, we talked about Coach K a little bit earlier in the week. Let's transition now to John Shire who was appointed as the next Duke men's basketball head coach. Uh, Surface level, what impresses you most about John Shire? Oh, boy. I mean, it's a long list. I mean, the, the guy is succeeding Coach K for a reason. But I, I think the thing to me that is most impressive about him 
is his ability to develop and maintain relationships. Um, almost to a man, from my the time I started covering Duke, every single recruit, parent, uh, person in any way tangentially affiliated with the program, almost always one of the first names out of their mouth. Of course, they, they love Coach K and they love everything he does for the program, but most of them say the person they're in the most contact with is John Shire. And it's the reason that he's been able to be such an effective recruiter. It's the reason he's been able to be such an effective coach. And those relationships, especially the ones of former players who are now in the league, guys like Jason Tatum and Zion, I mean, those carry real weight in the recruiting world. They carry real weight in the coaching world. So um, there are a number of things you can point to about him, his basketball knowledge, uh, you know, the way he's a leader. But, but in general, just his ability to build develop and cultivate relationships to me has always been something that stood out a man that played for four years for coach k from 07 to 2010 obviously culminating with the national championship victory over butler um i know for a fact and and other people do as well brendan that you were not covering uh duke basketball in 2010 when that took place what do you remember about shire's playing days though as someone who just loves the sport of college basketball yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, around the time, I, I believe actually the day that this whole transition was announced, we got together with our staff, and they asked in that roundtable with, with, you know, five or six different writers, what is your number one memory of Coach K? And for me, it, it is that 2010 national title. You know, I was, obviously, I remember him from when I was younger and growing up, um, you know, throughout the, the end of the 90s and the early 2000s. But that, that game to me is, I think, my first really – coherent memory of coach K. And so it's fitting that that is also probably my fondest moment of John Shire. And you just think back to a guy who, when he first arrives, you know, that 2017 was not great. Right. Uh, and you think about the growth to go from not just, not just talent and development wise, but the growth that he made in terms of asserting himself on the game. You know, I had a chance to talk to Gerald Henderson after uh, John Shire's press conference the other day. And he said, one of the best decisions in Duke basketball history was moving Shire to the point because he knew how to run a team and he knew how to make smart decisions. And so I think that as, as seminal as that championship is and, and how I think about Coach K and the way he was able to reinvent himself, it's, just, it's sort of the same way that I view Shire. You know, that was sort of the culmination to me of him building himself up, adjusting, proving that he was worthwhile, proving that he was worthy of being you know, on that stage, on, at that program, uh, and, and, you know, that, that game, you know, I, I forget him how many points exactly he had, but he was outstanding. For as much as Brian Zubek's, you know, final free throws win that game, um, it doesn't happen without John Shire. So, so that's probably my strongest memory. Named the 20th head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. He will go after. Mike Krzyzewski calls it a career. Uh, Shire was obviously someone during his playing days that was so connected to Chris Collins, who was on that coaching staff having played at the same high school as Collins, both Shire and Kay themselves. Chicago guys going to be 33-34 when they enter the job alone. There are just so many striking similarities between these two guys, aren't there, Brendan? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think the thing about Shire that, that nobody really thinks about or realizes is, is because he's been Duke's associate head coach, that he hasn't uh, been been instrumental in everything the Blue Devils have done recently, right? Like, I think that just because he's been out of the public eye and, and he works behind the scenes a lot, people maybe think, you know, oh, this is just a, a right place, right time hire. That's not the case. I mean, the similarities to Coach K, the similarities in terms of like I was talking about, the ability to connect, the ability to build relationships, um, you know, that's something that they both have in common. Actually, 
probably one of the more interesting things that I heard, and, and I hadn't even really thought about this until I heard it, was during the time of those press conferences, assistant coach Chris Carwell said one of the things that's most impressive to him about John, he said his basketball knowledge is a 10, you know, you don't have to worry about that, his work ethic's a 10. His ability to connect with people of all races was something that Chris pointed out as being incredibly important. He said, and, and that's the same thing as coach, because obviously um, so many of the best players in Duke history and college basketball history have been African-Americans. And so, uh, you know, you, you look at a place like North Carolina that hires an African-American head coach, and that right. scene is something that is attractive to recruits moving forward. But I, I thought it was so interesting that Chris said, John and Coach K are the same way in this respect, in that they are able to go and sit down in the living room or the kitchen or wherever of African-American families and relate to them like there's no difference in the world. So um, I, I thought that, you know, that was one of those like sort of smaller things, but, but really important things that people may not see about Shire. But um, no, you talk about, you know, from the top down, his commitment, his work ethic, his leadership um, and, and his basketball knowledge is elite. You know, he's a high, high level basketball thinker. So certainly, you know, there's a reason why Coach K has continued to give him more responsibility behind the scenes. And, and there's a good reason why, you know, ultimately he was the guy that's tapped to replace K. Brendan Marks of The Athletic is joining us here on the program. Uh, like we did with Mike Krzyzewski, let's go to that press conference where Shire is named the next headman's basketball coach of Duke, Brendan. So you mentioned with Krzyzewski getting there very early, getting a, a observation of who all was expected to be there and that sort of thing. If you will, lay out the same details. Your Friday last week as Shire was introduced as the next Duke coach, walk me through it. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tried to get there early again because I wanted to see some of the differences between the two. And, you know, the first thing that you notice when you walk in is for Coach K's press conference, there's a tarp across the entire, you know, court at Cameron, but there was a section of the tarp that was missing to allow you to see Coach K court. That was covered up for Shire's press conference, which I thought was interesting, but also it, it, it sort of reinforced the idea of why I think he was chosen, which was that he is not trying to be Coach K. Right. You know, he can't be. No one can be. You know, the guy has, he is on the Mount Rushmore of the sport for a reason. There's a reason he's won more games at the Division One men's level than any other coach in the sport history. So um, so I, I thought that that was interesting. You know, you look and you can see for him in the front row, it was all of his parents, you know, his parents, it's his family, it's his wife, it's his kids. Um, you know, his kids end up, you know, pretty early on in the press conference. Uh, looked like they were they were having a, a little bit of a time, you yeah. know, started crying <laughs> a little and had to be pulled out. Um, but I, I thought the other thing that was interesting was, in terms of the logistics of the layout of everything, for Coach K's press conference, John Shire was not in the front row. He was off to the side with the other assistant coaches. And for John Shire's press conference, Coach K was also not in the front row. They actually just switched seats. So on Thursday, you know, John was sitting there in the far right of the side row looking straight at Coach K, and then the following day they had flipped. And I just thought that that symmetry of – uh, having, you know, the, the current coach and the former coach, you know, sort of literally swapping chairs. I thought that that was just such a, an interesting way for Duke to have set it up, an interesting way to, you know, it, it, I just thought it was very ironic and symbolic and, and cool to notice. So, um, you know, I wasn't sure after Coach K's entrance if Coach Dyer was going to try and do something similar. He did not. It was much more him just walking in with his wife and kids. Um, and, and you can see, again, that that's something that's going to be important to him. So it, it was very interesting to be at both, but also to compare 
the similarities and the differences between the two and, and how those differences sort of illuminated both coaches' personalities. And I just loved his personality, as you're alluding to, because uh, Shire offered to spell his last name for people, as, right. <laughs> as, as Coach K did some 40 years ago uh, in his introductory press conference. So uh, that was awesome to see from John Shire. So uh, with all your insight and knowledge, Brendan, covering the Stuke basketball program professionally like you do for The Athletic, tell me a little bit more, tell our listeners a little bit more about the, the search process. Obviously, President Price, Kevin White, Nina King, all were in attendance for these press conferences both back-to-back days. But what did you gather from the search in terms of naming the next head Duke basketball coach? Yeah, so uh, Kevin White sort of provided a, a brief timeline and said that from the time that it was sort of decided or, or finalized, formalized, whatever words you want to use, that Coach K was going to be stepping down after this season, it took about 10 days to finalize Shire as the next guy. And so, you know, from my understanding, he was not the only person in contention. Um, you know, when I first joined the Duke beat, one of the things that I was told years ago was that, you know, Duke ideally preferred to have a bridge candidate, someone like a Tommy Amaker who could, you know, be the guy after Coach K. And then, you know, depending, uh, Tommy is obviously a little bit older, not, not tremendously. He could right. have been there for a decade or whatever. But in terms of having a little bit of a, a barrier, a buffer between Coach K and Someone like a, a Shire who could be the guy for the next however many decades. Um, and obviously that is the goal here in, in having him come on. But so I believe that, you know, Coach Amaker was contacted. Um, you know, a number of Duke's former players who, who are still influential with the program, people like Grant Hill, uh, Jay Williams, you know, those guys behind the scenes are able to say, okay, here's who we think it should be. Um, so certainly there was input from, you know, past generations of Blue Devils players. The current assistant, Coach K, obviously gets to, to weigh in significantly on who he wanted to replace him. Um, and ultimately, over the course of about three interviews, John Shire sort of proved why he was the right guy. And it's because, you know, you, you look at a couple of different things. Number one, the basketball, like I said, it's a 10. You know, he has the basketball knowledge. People, different people I've spoken to have called him almost like a, a savant, a basketball savant of sorts. Wow. Um, and, you know, Jay Williams said on ESPN the other day that he's always looked at Coach Shire as a young Brad Stevens, which is obviously a tremendous compliment. For sure. So the basketball, the basketball part is there. The recruiting part is there in terms of uh, he's been able to lure these elite players. Obviously, he's had Coach K as a closer. That will change. But he is the one doing a lot of the legwork on that. So, so you trust that foundation. Um, three. Look at the state of this job from both a college basketball and a Duke perspective. So if you're Duke, you're losing not just Coach K at the end of next season, but in August of this year, you're going to be losing Kevin White, your athletic director, one of the most well-connected guys in all of college athletics. Those are two figureheads that are going to be substantial voids left behind. So obviously, doing something like promoting within to build a semblance of continuity is very important. So you see Duke do that twice with both Nina King and John Shire. And the fact that, okay, these are people who have worked directly with their predecessors. They understand the job requirements. They understand the internal politics and dynamics of Duke. And, and they understand really, you know, sort of what is coming next in college athletics. And that's the last thing that I would say as to why I think John was ultimately the choice. He and Nina King together have the youth and the mindset that these changes are coming to college basketball. And rather than fight them, push back at them, avoid them, um, you know, at times Kevin White has pushed back on name, image, and likeness. You know, so some of the most famous athletic directors in the country have. 
Nina King and John Shire have both come out in their introductory press conference and says that's a good thing. John has embraced recruiting the transfer portal. Their willingness to lead Duke into the next era of college athletics, not Duke athletics, but college sports overall, I think was tremendously, tremendously important because Coach K obviously doesn't want to see Duke take any sort of step back when he leaves that head coaching chair. And by finding someone from within who has the basketball knowledge, has the recruiting knowledge, the relationship building ability, and also understands what it's going to take to succeed in the future. Um, I, I think, you know, you put all of those things together and really there are few people with, with that specific list of credentials that would fit as well as John Shire does. Quick break in our program so I could tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are oh so good. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in this delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. How about the Coconut Almond Bar? 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What kind of an advantage is Shire going to have knowing that this year he still will serve as an associate head coach but be able to still game plan? What, what was Shire saying about that in terms of what this next college basketball season will do for him? Yeah, that's, that's the question I asked him at his press conference. You know, how are you going to use these next 10 months to your advantage? And obviously there are things that he's going to now be able to ask Coach K that he wouldn't have been able to previously because he does have the knowledge that, okay, in a this year I'm going to be something that's that. happening, yeah. Right, right. So he's going to be able to go to Coach K, and I'm sure that Coach K will give him opportunities to, you know, see how he plans a practice. Not that John doesn't already have insight into that, but – you know, top-down, making decisions of, okay, we're going to practice this on this day. You know, these are the things that are going to be important to our team. You know, I think there's this misconception out there that, uh, you know, every college basketball team, every practice is working on every aspect of the game. And, and that's not reality because there's not enough time to do that. It would take, you know, you'd be working 24 hours a day and yeah. you still couldn't get to it all. So I think being able to pick those spots, you know, today we're going to work on transition offense, for example. Today we're going to work on our rebounding. Today we're going to work on you know our pick-and-roll defense or whatever. His ability to, to sort of see how Coach K game plans those practices and determines what to game plan I think is going to be important. You know, Seeing how Coach K closes with recruits is going to be important. It's a different role for him starting next April than what he's been used to. Um, you know, How does Coach K handle the media? How does he handle all of the other things that come with being a head college coach that, that people may not see on the surface, you know? How does he handle, how does he not just handle, but how does he reject at times 
asks from the university. If they want him to appear at fundraising events, how does he pick what to do, what not to do? How does he decide what, what best uses of his time? How does he decide, you know, how to be looped in with the administration? You know, really, this is sort of a 10-month apprenticeship, not where Coach Shire is going to copy everything Coach K does, but he can take notes on everything and say, okay, I understand this. This is something that I think that I can put my own twist on. This is something that I don't understand, and maybe I need to learn a little bit more from his lead. So there are specific examples, but really I think just being able to bounce questions off him in real time publicly is going to be such an asset because those are real-life experiences that he wouldn't have had if this didn't happen the way it did. Brendan Marks of The Athletic is joining us on the show right now. You can follow him on Twitter at Brendan R. Marks. And when we look at Shire taking over as the next head coach, for the last decade-plus, People have wondered who is going to be the guy after Coach K, Brendan. And in a lot of ways, it it feels like a lose-lose situation when you follow somebody like the Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't necessarily think that Shire is going into it with that mindset because uh, I think you lose automatically when you do have that sort of approach. But it's just such a tall, tall task to follow somebody like that. You want to make it your own program, but in the back of your mind, everyone knows that Coach K was Duke basketball for a lot of people, myself included, being you know under 41 years old as uh, the number of years that, that Coach K spent there. What how, how can Shire do that? How can Shire kind of keep that in the back of his mind? I'm, I'm almost turning you into a, a psychologist with how he, he <laughs> thinks. But, I mean, it is something that's so interesting to me. It is. And, you know, I thought he, he very clearly made it a point at his introductory press conference, again, to distance himself from, from that, you know, again, there's not going to be a coach K there's not going to be another person who does what he's done in terms of accomplishment, in terms of longevity, in terms of fundamental impact on the sport and, and the way that it operates. I mean, coach K, especially in the last decade or so, I would say has really become the voice of college basketball. You know, if he opines on anything from, you know, I just think about all of the, the talk and chatter this year before the season about should there be a year or not? Right. How should it be handled? What should a tournament look like? Every time Coach K gave his opinion on any of those, people sort of ate it up. So I think John understands that that is impossible, and I think he understands that it is an impossible standard. And, and it's going to be a process of repeating that message and getting it across to the fan base enough Because if fans are expecting Coach Shire to take over and for Duke to immediately from day one continue landing the number one recruiting class to continue being in the Final Four every other year, I don't think that that's realistic. I don't think it's realistic for Coach Shire. I don't think it would be realistic for anyone that replaces Coach K. So to some extent, I I put some of this more on Duke fans and and on the messaging that Duke sends out because – Again, the expectations just have to change. And, and I think that Coach Shire's okay with that. He's not bracing for a drop-off. He's not saying to himself, oh, we are going to stop winning 25 games a year. We're going to stop competing for AC championships. It's going to take me some time to rebuild this. thing." He's not taking over a sinking ship. I mean, this is a well-oiled machine. But, but he is losing the guy who put it all together and elevated it to its current height. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to say that it's all on him because I don't think it is. I think that it is somewhat on him understanding expectations and, and being able to manage those. But it's also on behalf of the fan base, the college basketball world in general, and understanding that when you lose someone like a Coach K, it's the same thing that North Carolina is dealing with. When you lose someone like a Roy Williams, 
you, you are not going to immediately in lockstep replace that person at the same rate. So uh, some of the blame or blame is the wrong word. Some of the tasks, some of that obligation goes to Shire, but a large part of it, in my opinion, also goes to the fan base and the school and how it distributes that message. Two final points, again, with Brendan Marks here on the program. With Coach Shire, the recruiting side of things is obviously something that is is very important, as you've described it, as it is so true. It's the lifeblood of the sport in college basketball. He's been back in Durham since 2014, and when you look at all those recruiting classes that Duke has brought in, number one after number one after number one, it certainly feels like Jeff Capel is another name that was always attached to those classes. Give us a little bit of insight in terms of not just being one primary recruiter, because I do believe, you know, if you just asked a random college basketball observer about those Duke recruiting classes, Capel would have been one of those first names that people brought up in the Duke recruiting perspective. And then secondly, the final point for you, Brendan, that I love your thought on is, is the no head coaching experience for Shire and, and whether or not that is a factor. Yeah, well, let me start with that second one just because I think it's a little easier. And obviously not having head coaching experience is, is probably one of the biggest question marks about this hire, right? And, it's, and you know, for me, I, I hate to keep comparing this to North Carolina on a Duke podcast. But <laughs> for, for me, for me, covering They're forever exchange. The yeah, it's... It's the same question that people have about Hubert Davis. Yeah. How are you going to hire someone at this prestigious elite university who's never sat in a chair before? But, but at the same time, that, that's less of a concern for me. I, I'm of the mindset that, you know, you are never fully qualified for a job until you step into those shoes. And I think that Shire's experience in the program, the way he's inflating himself around, you know, he's got Chris Carrawell there, he's got Nolan Smith there. Coach, Day, Coach K in some capacity is still going to be around the program and an asset to him. Um, I, I think that all of those things sort of mitigate some of the non-head coaching experience. And, you know, this is not to say he's going to be perfect. He's going to make bad calls. He's going to make mistakes at times. You know, Duke is going to lose games because of coaching decisions at times. It, it happens even with Coach K. Um, he's going to learn from those over time. And it's how quickly does he learn from those? How quickly does he develop a consistent strategy? You know, how much, how much of Coach K's system does he even keep? You know, I think that there's a chance that, um, you know, Coach K obviously coming with his background at West Point with Bob Knight, has always thrived on this man-to-man defense, pressure, discipline. I don't think that's going anywhere, but I do think that instead of just your normal Coach K motion offense, I think that Coach Shire is willing to experiment a little more with some modern concepts. You know, last year at the start of the season, Duke started experimenting with some five-out offense, with Jalen Johnson operating as a small ball forward and keeping all those guys out, having them crash the glass, and letting Jalen start to break in transition. Uh, do we potentially see something like that this year with with a guy like Paolo Banchero? I think it's possible. So uh, I'll be interested to see that. But no, the head coaching experience overall doesn't doesn't tremendously concern me. And then, sorry, JJ, what was this other question you had about the Capel perspective in terms of recruiting and and what that looks like? Yeah, I, I think obviously Capel is is a tremendous recruiter. He is someone who obviously was instrumental in, in getting a lot of those guys to Duke. The thing about Shire is. I think that his recent status as a player, you know, there are a lot of recruits nowadays who remember that 2010 title. You know, they've seen him on the sidelines. And also, I can't speak enough to the relationships he maintains with these guys after the fact. You know, the, the fact that during the NBA playoffs, Jason Tatum goes for 50 points in a night, and then afterwards he's texting John Shire. Like, that, that is something that you can't, you can't undersell. That's not just a pitch. That's organic. That's, that's natural. And that's real, right? Like, 
So that that really, really plays well with these guys. And not to say that, you know, Jeff Cable did or didn't do that. I, I obviously wasn't around when he was uh, still with the program and, and he was already at Pitt at that point. But Shire's ability to maintain these relationships, not for the purpose of parlaying them into anything, but, but just for naturally having them, they parlay themselves. And so I think that that is what sort of separates him. Um, and also, you know, like I said, that recent status. Guys like the idea that they can put on a John Shire jersey. You know, if you don't think that that first home game of his first season, you're going to be seeing a ton of Shire jerseys in Cameron Indoor. I mean, I mean that's, that's a very cool thing for a lot of these recruits, too, knowing that, okay, not only has this coach been there before, he's played there before, but also that it was so recent that, that I can really, really relate to that. I think those two are very powerful things when he's sitting in a living room, sitting across from a kid considering Duke. It's Brendan Marks of The Athletic. He's one of our favorites. He's always far too kind with his time. And, and Brendan, look, I appreciate it once again. Your work with The Athletic folks can follow you on Twitter at Brendan R. Marks. You've even got your uh, email there. Folks want to send you hellos and hate mail, you say, yeah. <laughs> uh, which I can't imagine there's a lot of that given how awesome you are at this job. But uh, one more plug for The Athletic, if you will. It feels like it's it's honestly just a, cop, uh, a cup of coffee a month to access to, to every uh, sort of platform out there in sports. Yeah, it is, and I appreciate you saying that, JJ. You know, we, we have constantly have new deals that are cycling through, new specials. We offer free trials if folks just want to come and check us out, see what we're about. Um, obviously, you have access to all my stories with a subscription, everything I cover Duke-wise, college basketball-wise at large, but um, just for sports fans in general, being able to one-stop shop, you get your college basketball, college football, NBA, NFL, MLB, international soccer, uh, women's soccer. I mean, there there are so many different sports that you get all for the price of one subscription. So I'm biased, but I, I really do think we offer the best sports writing in the world and the best coverage in general of your favorite teams, and, and in my case, the Duke Blue Devils. I love it. Well, Brendan, we do appreciate the time, and uh, you will not be a stranger moving forward on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Plenty of topics to discuss throughout the summer, so thank you again for chatting with me today. Absolutely. Looking forward to the next time, JJ. That is Brendan Marks of The Athletic joining us on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Thanks again to Brendan Marks of The Athletic for joining us on the program. Really enjoyed talking to him about John Shire's appointment as the next headman's basketball coach of the Duke Blue Devils. Awesome to hear his perspective on how the whole press conference went, the decision by Duke to go with Shire, the similarities in Shire and Krzyzewski, and a whole lot more. So if you missed any of that conversation, uh, go back and listen to it on this podcast. Also, if you missed our podcast earlier in the week talking about Coach K's decision to retire, you you can find that right here in the feed, the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. There's no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. Follow the Locked On ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Send us any questions you have to be answered in the Mailbag Monday edition of our show. All of that and more coming up over the next few days here on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for today's program. Thanks so much for listening. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you later. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.